Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shigizbon, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. I've seen over the years a trend towards this idea of doing what you love, and if you do, everything will come easily. So many business owners have their rose-colored glasses on until the hardship of business smacks them in the face. Everyone wants it to be easy, so Laura and I decided we would tackle this question in today's episode. Can you bypass the hardship of running a business and still create a business that is successful and sustainable? Can you shortcut the process and still get what you really want? This is a great exploration, and I'm not going to tell you our conclusion. You have to listen. If you're enjoying the show, we would be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to theliberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my lovely and beautiful co-host, Laura Shook-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. And yourself? Doing well, doing the... The juggle struggle with the mamas and the business and the kids. <laughs> but I'm yeah. doing it. I'm doing it. We always <laughs> laugh because if you've listened to any of our podcast episodes, you know that Laura and I are keeping it real. We're, you know, always juggling family and life. We're, you know, sometimes not able to get to these recordings when we want. So we're doing it in a car. We're doing it in a, in using Wi-Fi <laughs> of a nearby restaurant. Like we are truly committed to serving you for real. <laughs> That's right. Yes. It doesn't matter where we are. When it's time to podcast, we will make it happen. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yes. And today we're going to dive into a really juicy topic that is going to, we just have no idea where it's going to go, but I'm super excited to talk about it. And so it's really about this idea of, can we skip the hardship of business and still have sustainable success? Can we, you know, sort of bypass all the challenge and struggle? Because I think so many people believe that we can and still have a business that will succeed for years to come. Not just an overnight success, not just I'm making, you know, a lot of money today. Like, can we sort of bypass all the struggle in order to reach what we really want? Yeah, that is the question. I mean, I think this is a que- a great question for business um, and it's definitely a question for life. Like, can you shortcut the hard stuff to get to the good stuff? I mean, I think we'd all love it if that was <laughs> one of our universal truths, <laughs> if that was a part of life. Yes. And, and I think we'll explore this topic before we give you our answer. <laughs> if, if you listen for any length of time to our podcast, you know what our answer will be. <laughs> Yes, yes. I mean, I know I'm always trying to, yes. trying to hope that the rules have changed. But yeah, let's, let's dive in and explore because one of the things that you've brought to my attention, Sonia, because in my environment right now in a co-working space, I see a lot of, you know, more of the brick and mortar businesses. These are um, entrepreneurs who are leasing their private offices, running their businesses, seeing their clients, 
Um, and so that's more of my reality. And you're actually seeing a lot more of the online businesses, working with people that don't have that overhead or, or don't have the structure of a brick and mortar. They're yes. basically running their businesses from a laptop. And that's become something maybe that's even overly romanticized these days from what I've seen kind of with the digital nomads, which I think is awesome that there's so much freedom and being able to remotely work. Um, and I love when they come to my co-working spaces, but what do we do when businesses has changed and it's no longer the same type of steps that you go through? You don't go and get the lease. You don't go and get your, you know, city permit. You, you don't go through these different things that often traditionally in the past we had to go to, to even get to the point where we could hang a shingle, a shingle. I'm making myself yes. sound really old here, but you know, <laughs> it, it used to be like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Where you had to go get financing and you had to create a business plan and you like, there were some structures in place years ago that were in, in my opinion, sort of more preparation for what we have to face. And I think now there's like a whole gap where you've got a huge slew of people coming on to the online, you know, and a lot of people in the coaching and consulting and service industries, which is what I obviously specialize in. And, you know, everybody thinks that they can just do it online. They can just quit their job. They can just, you know, in no time have an online program that will just produce lots of passive income. And, you know, it's, it's this illusion and there's no, like, there's nobody feeling or understanding the rites of passage that they have to go through. So they just get to this place where they're like, why isn't it working? I mean, I cannot tell you how many women every day I have say mm -hmm. to me, like, I have a great online program. Why isn't it selling? Well, yeah. <laughs> there's like a number of reasons, but it's like this, uh, this idea or feeling that like, well, I've created it. Shouldn't people be coming? Shouldn't people be buying? Like, I've got yeah. something great. Like, why doesn't everybody want it? Yeah, that's like a very good point. And often the critical lens that people are coming towards that, you know, at that business problem with is, well, what am I doing wrong with the marketing? Have I not yeah. positioned it? Have I not done the right, you know, is it not Instagram pretty? Yeah. Do I not have the right copy? Um, oh, is, you know, this isn't my voice. Like it's all about really criti being kind of critical of the brand and the imaging and the marketing, which is all very important important, but not the heart of the matter. And sometimes it may be a deeper question of, am I trying to offer a service or a product that nobody needs or nobody yes. knows that they need? Maybe, you know, I can speak from, you know, definitely that personal experience of being ahead of the market. It's not always fun. It's not always pretty when you've got something that you think people are going <laughs> to, that you think they need, but they're not going to know that they need that until five years, yeah. you know, and you have to understand, okay, well, if I know this ahead of the curve, there is a pioneer penalty. Okay. How do I though meet people where they are? Yes. What is the, the pain point right now? Maybe it's not what I, what I'm seeing that's going to probably happen for them five years from now, maybe it's whatever is in their consciousness, in their awareness, in their path. Like how can you yes. dial yourself into that place and, and do that critical assessment of where your business is from, from that point of view. And I really appreciate that you remind me of that, Sonny. You've reminded me that of often where people are just missing, missing the point by being stuck on the brand piece of their delivery and not on the service quality, you know, the quality yes. of what they're delivering. And 
Yes. And who, and, yeah, needs and, it. And I think, you know, what people fail to realize is that, and we've talked about this some in the sales and marketing and some of the other episodes, but like branding is really not something you should even be focused on until you are making a ton of money, until you are so busy that you have to take your business to the next level. And then that's where branding fits in in the sequence. Like we've, everything's out of sequence. And that's what I'm seeing constantly, especially in the online space. Everyone's out of sequence. They don't have the very basics down. They haven't figured out who their target market is, which is the first step before you even have a business. Like the point of a business is to serve a specific target market with a solution. Like that is actually what a business is. And I think we've lost sight of that because so many people are like, I just want to make a million dollars. I just want to have freedom. Like it's all about me, but that's not what a business is about. And so what's happening is you've got all of these people and, and yes, like I'm, I am so inundated with this in the industry that I'm in, right? There's about a billion coaches, right? Seriously. Like everybody, I mean, the other day someone put in like in, in a group that I was in, yeah, who wants to be a life coach or who is a life coach? And I think there was like 500 comments. And I'm thinking, yeah. you don't need any more life coaches. Like, not that I have anything against, I work with life coaches, I help them. But the idea of like, I can just be a life coach. Like, what does that even mm-hmm. mean? Who is that mm-hmm. serving? What does someone actually need around that? And so I think this is what we've, we've lost sight of like what a business actually is. And we've started to make it a bit more egocentric. Like it's, it's, you know, it's about what I want to do. It's about what I want to give. It's about like who I want to be. I want to be an intuitive coach. I want to be a, and nothing's wrong with all of these things, but, but it's all focused on the self. It's not at all focused on, well, what does your target market resonate with? What do they actually need? What will they pay you for? Because they're not going to just pay you because you're a life coach. They're not going to just pay you because you have a service or a product or a business that you think is great. They're only going to pay you if they really, really need and want it. And if they can see that. And I think, you know, there's this whole piece of missing. And what I'm finding is that this mistake, this piece of not really focusing on what the customer needs and wants and making sure you have something that fits that. This mistake is seriously costly. And Laura and I can attest to it, you know, when we started Soma Vita, like the childcare mm-hmm. component. We were, we wanted the childcare component. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we wanted it badly, we but did. nobody was ready. Nobody else really could understand how that was going to help them and why they were going to pay yep. to have on-site childcare in their workspace. Yes. <laughs> but now you can see it. You can see yes. it's happening now and it's yes. about timing. And it doesn't mean that if you're listening and you have an idea and you swear by it and you know that there is a group of people and a lot of people that need it, hold fast to that knowing, but tweak how you're offering it if your target market's not there yet yes. with your consciousness around it. And it's okay. Yes. You don't have to abandon your idea around it, but it's just like where meet your customer where they are. And that's, that was a very important lesson for me as a therapist. Cause when you first go through your training as a therapist and you're overly enthusiastic and you're spending those first year, those first, you know, that first year training, you want to be able to just do this amazing work. I have this knowledge. I know about this theory and you go in there and you're ready to throw all this onto a client. Well, the client's looking at you like, um, I just needed to talk through this and I'm struggling to even verbalize what it means for me to grieve something. You've got to meet your client where they are. That was what my supervisor said. Meet them where you are, where they are. Maybe they just need to talk about that one 
thing while you listen and hold their gaze and stay present with them. Maybe you are the first person that's ever been present with them for more than 10 minutes and meet your client there and give them that. And that's something that we are like with the bells and the whistles and the, "Eh, and I want to be this kind of helper. I want to be this kind of coach or this kind of wellness program. Like maybe you're overshooting wanting to do that because it's something that you know you're good at, which is great, but it all has a different time and a place in which it needs to be delivered. And if you're, you know, basically if your customer isn't purchasing, it's not always, how am I going to just rewrite the copy? It's how am I going to get feedback on why this is missing the point with them? And that's a good time to do is, you know, people don't think about to ask, just be transparent in, in with your customer base if they already exist and say, hey, I rolled out this great program. I was super excited about it. I'm not getting a lot of interest. What's going on? What do you guys tell me? Like, what do you need? Where's this miss the boat? Like, yeah. help me understand what you guys need instead of just polishing it more and polishing it more yes. and making it something that you think is going to be more shiny and going to get oh. more attention. I know. Look, and there's like out of what you just said, there's like so many threads I want to pull. I'm like, Whoa, this is like a, which one do I start? And one of the things I was going to say is that like, and this is the interesting part is as I'm working with my clients, because like, if you don't know what I do, I focus very specifically on sort of unpacking people's expertise and talents and gifts and, and then repackaging it into a really high value program. So something that's going to absolutely serve an amazing target market, who's going to like provide a lot of high value for your client, but also provide good income for you. So that's like what I do. And one of the things that's really interesting when I'm working through that process with clients is oftentimes they're, they're trying to put weight too much in a package, right? Way too yeah. much in their program because they think, oh, I can provide ABC all the way, you know, like a 5 million things. And I say, no, 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 we're going to meet your client where they're at. And sometimes the simplest steps, which are so easy for you, so basic for you because you've had all this experience and knowledge and wisdom, but those simple steps are what all they need. They don't need everything. We want to sort of throw the bus at people and be like, take everything, which is why most online courses fail because they don't provide good um, structure. They don't provide the right kind of transformation. And like literally they provide too much information because that's not what people need. They need transformation, not information. And I think, you know, we're, we're missing the point at how sometimes simple that the step is that our clients and our target markets actually need. Yes. 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 The simplicity is pulling it back, getting more clear, meeting them where they are and not needing to add on. I mean, that's just coming from our insecurity sometimes too. It, we, we're excited, but we also get insecure like we're not offering enough. So we just keep layering and layering and layering. And then the client is completely overwhelmed and they just want to have it pulled back and bite size given to them in a way that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And oh my goodness, there was something that you said and now I'm, I'm forgetting it. So I'm going to let you continue pulling your threads and it'll yeah. come back to me. <laughs> well, and one of the, <laughs> one of the main threads, and I think that this topic lends so well to what this is, like one of my biggest sort of things that I teach in my program and that I talk about a lot is validation. Like if you, no matter who you are, product, service, info product, online, brick and mortar, it doesn't matter. You need a validation process. You need to prove 
your target market. You need to prove that your offer, service, product, program, package, whatever you're offering is actually needed and wanted. And the validation comes not from people saying they like it, not from engagement on your Instagram posts. Validation comes from someone buying it actually buying it. So I make my clients do a validation period for weeks and weeks without any website, without putting any investment into anything. I have them go out and talk to their target market, actually have calls with them, actually figure out, will they buy what I'm offering? Do they respond to the messages that I'm telling them? Like where is the proof and the validation That process is so important and it's been lost. No one does it anymore. They just create a product. They create a program. They create something totally egocentric. And then they're like, why won't people buy it? Yeah. Yeah. Which brings us really full circle back to the challenge of launch. The fact that launching a business is as easy as creating a domain and having um, a website. That there's not these, there really aren't these steps that develop you and develop your business in a way that creates a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. Like that's part of the challenge of what we're missing out. Like the shortcut, um, is short, shorting us, shorting us of experience, um, learning to trust our own capacities to, you know, we don't know we're resilient until we struggle. Yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. just, that's a lesson of life. And in business, if you, and you know, what's interesting is I also feel that as a consumer, if I see someone selling me a product or a service and I kind of get the sense that they haven't really gone through the ringer in order to understand what they're offering to me, I don't really, they're not as believable to me. Like yes. I want to know that they've been at this for a while. And I'm not saying that you have to be an experienced entrepreneur before anybody's going to take you seriously, but are you a quality like invested Mm. entrepreneur where you're not skipping steps, where you're investing in yourself and your own um, commitment, like you said, to the actual product or to the service that you're providing. And people can feel that they can feel like the person who still has the rose colored glasses, that's just throwing up a business with something, you know, with a pretty font and some basic images. That's, it feels different energetically when I look at that page versus looking at someone who I can tell has really made a labor of love of their business. Like I can sense that. And And, you can, but sadly what I'm seeing in the online world especially is that a lot of people don't have that discernment yet. And so what's happening is people are being fooled by this, you know, these people who are just like, yeah, be happy. Like, cause, cause the truth is, and this kind of comes back at full circle to the topic today, which is, you know, can we skip the hardship? See, so many people want the greener pastures. They want the rose colored glasses. So, you know, like I'll see a post where someone's like, I'm really struggling. I hate my job. I just want to start a business. And then you see 300 comments of everybody like, oh, totally just start your business. It's amazing. Like you see all these rose colored glasses and they're like, yes, I want to believe that. I want to believe that it's easy. I want to believe that I can just quit my job today and have income tomorrow. Like that's what everyone wants to believe. And so I feel like sometimes I'm this negative Nelly, like going in and being like, (laughs) I'm going to tell you the truth. (laughs) I'm sorry, but like somebody needs to. And the truth is it's not easy. It is really hard. You're going to work your ass off. Like if you don't have money, if you don't have a runway to start a business, 
go find a job first and then start a business. Like there's, there's so much to it that I think people don't recognize and everyone just wants to be (coughs) positive and happy and like, it's so easy. And I'm like, all 300 of those comments, I really want to go be like, you know, show me behind the hood of your business. How much money are you making? What's your income like? How many hours are you working? How long have you been in business? Give me those stats. And then I'll let you make those comments. <laughs> but I love this about you, Sonia, because you're so protective of your clients. This is why you feel this way, because you know how hard it is. You know how hard your clients are working. And it doesn't do anybody good. It doesn't um, help us to put up the shiny pictures and to polish it and make it all Instagram, Pinterest pretty. It it doesn't help anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why you and I love to talk about things that nobody wants to talk about because it's what we need to hear in order to be realistic with ourselves, in order to know that it's okay to struggle, that you're going to have ups and downs in your business. And that doesn't actually detract from success. If anything, it makes you more successful, more resilient, more appreciative of the moments when you soar, when everything does hit that sweet spot. And I think that it, it's just such a disservice for so many women not wanting to let people look under the hood. And it makes me think I'd love to bring everything back to my parenting analogies for me because it's so relevant that when I, when I launched my business, I really understood quickly that it was much like having a baby. And it, and that was something, you know, that you and I talked about. And then I even would say, oh, Soma Vita is a toddler now, a little bit more independent, but woo, have those, watch those tantrums. And then, oh, look, now, now she's in schools. Like other people can take care of her. I don't have to be with her all the time. It's like you really can look at business development like child development. And guess what? It doesn't happen overnight. And there's positives um, and negatives and just like easy and hard things about each stage. But if you only looked at people's, Instagram family photos, you would think like having a kid is super easy. It's awesome. It's always great (laughs) because you're just seeing those smiley photos. But behind the scenes is the exhausted parent who's got Cheerios all over them and smells like breast milk. And that's what's happening (laughs) in the world of business. We are covered in coffee and our pajamas. (laughs) Nobody is talking about it. So... That's the problem is that we we can't just also keep pretending like it's an overnight thing. And there are yes. overnight successes for sure. That happens. But the question is how sustainable was that success? If you go follow up with that mm. business, are they still in business? Probably mm. not. You know, yeah. most of them have morphed into something else. They had to close that one and open something else. Yes. And, you know, but it's not a sustainable success when it's that quick. No, because they haven't learned, like, you know, we've talked about sort of briefly mentioning the business rights of passage. Like, they haven't learned the skills to make them sustainable. See, one of the things that I focus on a lot in my program is having people learn skills. Actually learn the skills of, like, failing of nobody responding to their messaging and then having to keep going out there and doing it, having to keep having the momentum, having to keep trying, having to deal with disappointment, having to deal all of that stuff is a rite of passage. That's in the validation stage. You know, yeah. so they're not even fully invested yet. They haven't, you know, bought, gotten a website. They haven't, you know, done 
a million hours on Instagram. Like they haven't even, I won't even let them touch Instagram. So it's like, yeah. there's a whole thing just in that validation period where you gain all these skills, which are just dealing with the emotional roller coasters and the mindset issues as much as the actual validation of figuring out, is this even a good service or product? Like I'm great at aiming helping people sort of craft a target market and here's a program like I'm a genius at sort of packaging things. But the thing is, is that we're still guessing until it's proven, yeah. it's a guess. And so I always tell people, it's like when you're first creating your idea or your business or whatever, it's like sort of this very ill-formed sculpture. You've got to go out and prove it. You've got to go out and talk to your target market, not talk at them through your Instagram and Facebook. I mean, actually like an hour conversation with each person, like, you know, a real yeah. conversation. And in that process, you need to figure out, is this my target market? Is this offer valid? Is this something people actually want? And then you sculpt, you keep creating this beautiful sculpture until eventually you get down to this like click where everything works. Yes. Yes. And one of the reasons it works is because of what you just said. You went out and you connected and you spoke with the people that you are designing this business around. You're needing to reconnect to them. And I think that one of the challenges, um, because this is what I do, my work is all about reconnecting to self and reconnecting to the world around you. Because unfortunately, we're in a culture of disconnection. Mm. It's so easy to just forget that we are, you know, we are connected to one another all the time, but we're, we're in these disconnected states on our phone and, mm. you know, just looking at everyone as like a transaction or, um, we, we forget the humanity, right? That's connected yeah. to each transaction, each conversation, each little ping on these social media platforms. Like these are humans behind those, but we don't remember that. And I think that what I love about your advice is almost like going back to the basics mm. of human connection. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shocking. <Hello. laughs> it's like, why? I mean, why is that so challenging? But it is, it is, it's challenging in that that's not the dominant relationships that we're having with one another. We actually have to be more intentional about our interpersonal dynamics these days, because mm. if you're not intentional about it, you're going to get kind of, you know, just, um, pulled into a whirlwind of technology and just seeing everything as um, like not having a person on the other side of whatever yeah. it is that you're trying to do. I mean, look at all the automated services we use. And yeah, so I love that advice of like someday just close the laptop, walk into a nearest coffee shop, make eye contact with another human being and sit down <laughs> And ask them some questions. Right. I mean, this is like so basic. I mean, this is like, I, this is what we talked about kind of in the sales episode because I love sales. I love my sales calls. Like I seriously, like I have a sales call. I'm like, oh my God, that was so much fun. I love it. Like it's so freeing because of course <laughs> it's not about selling. It's about serving, right? And it's about yeah. having a conversation. It's about really getting to know someone and what are they struggling with and what do they need? And I may not be the right fit for them, but it's just such a great 
connection. And I think that's what we're missing. And so I have sales calls in the coffee shop and I have sales calls in the hot springs and I have sales calls wherever I am. And this is what I teach my clients as well. Like it is about having these beautiful conversations and those conversations turn into sales, not because you have the intention of I'm going to sell you. I'm going to talk at you. I'm going to give you my, you know, pitch. It's because you are actually connecting to another human being and you have a process for doing that and you have a skill in doing that. And I think this is what we've lost. And like, even online, this isn't just about like, I'm in a coffee shop and I meet someone. I mean, I'm connecting with people online. I am having conversations with them online. It doesn't have to be in the physical, especially if you're in an isolated area, like online is beautiful for connection. But I think people are missing the point. And so much of what's out there is talking at people, not talking with them. Yeah. And that is a common mistake when people are having conversations online. Again, I think they feel, they forget that there's a human on the other side of that. Um, It's like connect, you know, like Brene Brown that we love to quote all the time. I love in the chapter in her book is like move in. It's, you know, it's harder to hate people close up, move in. And then, and even like you see people get snarky online or say things that they wouldn't say to one another if they were staring across into that person's eyes. So remember that humanity and then engage and ask more questions and see where people are coming from. Get a better sense. And that's again coming back to what you were saying is, um, we're, we're talking too much and listening too little. Yeah. We're trying to state our position. We want mm-hmm. to claim while, why our service is awesome, why you need it, why you want our product. And that's great that you feel that you can articulate what it is that you're offering and why it's valuable. But guess what? You don't know anything about what that person is looking for. Yes. You don't really know what they need yes. until you start listening. Right. They may not even be your client. They may not even be a good fit for you. They may be for somebody that you need to give them a referral to. Hey, I think you should talk to this person. They may be on a totally different plane than you and you won't know until you listen. And then they may be exactly the person that you were hoping to connect with. And you will discover that more through yes. hearing what they have to say. And that I think is a really good point because I think we have too many assumptions. I mean, I still let go of assumptions. I mean, I've been in business for, you know, obviously a long time like you have, Laura. Like I have a lot of ideas about clients. I have a lot of ideas about my target market. I have a lot of stuff based on actual real fact, but I still have to let go of assumptions on a daily basis because everyone's changing. People want different things. Like if I have all these assumptions without having actual conversations with my clients or with my prospects or with people on the street, then I am not real and relevant. And this is exactly like, I won't even let my clients fully craft their program. Like a lot of people, you know, you kind of have this idea where they, they craft all the services and programs for months and months and months and months and then go out and try to deliver it. I make my clients craft their programs while they have paying clients. Because what happens is that program is super relevant. It's relevant for what those clients need. It's customizing it to to exactly what they need. And over time, you learn what is relevant right now. Because what is relevant right now for my clients was not relevant for them 10 years ago. So if I'm still basing it on all my assumptions, I'm completely no, no longer relevant. Yes. 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 Ugh. Yeah. And we do. We make, I have to check myself. Like, I think assumptions are one of the more dangerous things that we can do. They lead to a lot of conclusions that are not 
they're not accurate. And the only way that we're going to check those assumptions or to ask people more questions yes. <laughs> before and, we decide what the answer is. <laughs> and I think, you know, if we go back to the topic today, you know, I think what happens is that people want to skip all the hardship. They want to skip the uncomfortable parts of business. So they create a website. They try to make it as pretty as possible. They disconnect from people. They want them to just come and sign up for their opt-in and then be able to just talk to them through an email. Like, because they are avoiding the uncomfortableness and the vulnerability of actually connecting with people, of actually figuring out, do I even have a viable product or service? Like their fear of rejection, their fear of someone not responding the right way. Like this is what is, I think, the challenge is that, yeah. you know, people are scared of rejection. I mean, I turn people down for my product all the time. I'm not scared. Like I'm never scared of rejection or someone saying, oh, I don't want your product because then it's just not a good fit for them. That's great. Like I yeah. don't want to serve everyone. So, right. you know, if I got on a sales call thinking, oh no, hopefully they don't reject me. Oh my gosh, that would be, that would be crazy. Like I just get on thinking, hmm, can I best serve this person or not? If they don't like me, that's okay. Like it's, yes. I'm not the person yes. for them. No worries. <laughs> yes. Know? And the more, yeah. And the more authentic you are and you show up as you and say, this is what I'm about. And like, I'd love to hear what you're about. Then they'll self select themselves yes. in yes. or out. And you want that. You want yes. them self-selecting. You don't want you to make them, you know, pull them in or somehow put any kind of um, pressure or, I mean, that's the, that's that cheesy, yucky sales thing mm. that we don't like when yeah. it's this inauthentic, like, let me kind of trick you into thinking that this is valuable. When you show up as you, and this is, I think this is, if we're to split hairs on this, I think this is the challenge. People think that, oh yes, I've been told to be, I've been told to be authentic. So it's all about me and I, okay, I need to get really clear and I need to make my brand look more authentic. They're going the wrong way with it because yes. they're polishing, 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 trying yes. to appear to be authentic, but yes. that's not actually what that means. Like oh. to show up as you oh. and come from your heart, that is a different story. That's you showing up in a way that allows that client to understand who they're talking to, what you're about, and they will select, select themselves in or out of your process. And that's what you really want. And no amount of polishing and Pinterest prettying and all of that is going to lead you to a sustainable business. Exactly. It's, Yes, exactly. Yes. And I think, you know, and it's like, there's nothing more that drives me crazy than the people who are like all champion authenticness, but they're so not authentic. Like, it's like this, yeah. you know, it's authentic is the new black, you know, it's like, this. Yeah. Yeah. it's like, let's be authentic, but I'm going to have a lot of marketing speak. I'm going to talk to you in a way that I would never talk to my best friend next door because I'm going to be really, really authentic, you know, and it's just like mm -hmm. so fake. And I think, yes, I mean, to be authentic, to be real, to be transparent, is literally being yourself. Like I tell people, yeah. it's, it's funny. I was talking to someone yesterday and I was saying that what's great about my brand is that like there is total consistency because I show up as myself. If you know me in person, if you listen to me on the podcast, if you see me in my TEDx talk, if you work with me in like it's all the same. I, I won't, I don't appear to be a different person the way I am with my husband, the way I am with my kids. Like 
across the board, it's just me showing up, whoever I am. You know, there's not this this brand. It's like I'm able to be who I am in every area of my business or life. And I think this is what we can strive for because it makes our lives so much easier. It's sustainable. It allows us to have true liberation because in my opinion, true liberation is being 100% congruent with who you are. Mm-hmm. Yes, that consistency and that congruency also saves energy. Oh my God, so it takes a lot less energy to live life from those um, authentic, consistent places Mm -hmm. than to constantly be putting on some type of hat, some type of role, some type of image as you move in and out of, you know, different parts of your life. And I think that, um, yeah, that could be a whole other podcast as well. It's like, what does this really mean to be true to yourself and to show up in the, in the world? And I know we have spoken about consistency and congruency, but it's so important. It's, it's worth saying again, time and time again, that that's where, and that's where people are going to truly appreciate working with you because you're going to consistently show up for them. People love that. People want to know that they can count on you to be who you are every time. And it's not like this constant changing, you know, there's nothing worse than starting to work with someone and then realizing like through their, I don't know that they constantly start changing their identity or they're doing so much. You thought you started working with them for a specific uh, niche. And then now they're doing this thing and that thing and this other thing. And and then you get confused. Like, I don't even know if this, (laughs) what this is, what I'm doing. Yeah. Or the, or the people yeah. who are like, you know, I'm, I've got it all together in the front side, but in the back side, I'm a total mess. Well, and that's what I think about with you, Laura, as well, because you're so authentic too. Like you're real and who you are as a mom, as a business owner, as the, as a therapist, like that's what I think makes you so real and authentic and amazing to work with is that you're not trying to just be this great therapist who has it all together. I'm so positive. I'm so happy. I have like completely integrated all of my things to now serve you. I'm completely hundred percent examined and I know every, all of my stuff. Yes. 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 I mean, yes, this is the way I think business has to move. It's what I teach my clients. It's what I train on because if we don't move in this way, we're all going to be burnt out. Women are so burnt out trying to be something that they're not trying to be something other than themselves. Like it does not work. And people are banging their head up against the wall, especially with around the, you know, sort of marketing and the vanity metrics and like Instagram and Facebook and trying to be something, you know, that they're not. I mean, I, I think of it in terms of like, there's certain things that exhaust me. Like I'm not a selfie person. I, I just cannot think of using my phone. I don't even take pictures of my own events. Like this is really yeah. bad. Like every event passes and I'm like, oh, I probably should have taken a picture of that. But it's like, yeah. I don't even, it's just not my energy. It's not who I am. It's not what I think about. It just, it just isn't. So I don't try to be that. I don't try to be that person that's like, here I am. Here's what I'm doing today sitting in my office. Here's what I'm doing today, you know, taking a walk. Like I'm not that person. If you're that person, fantastic. That's your authentic nature. But I think a lot of people are striving to be what they think is successful online. And they're striving to do things that are against their very grain. And you shouldn't. You should absolutely do things that are aligned with who you are. 
Yes, yes. And by doing so, coming full circle, by doing these things, they're not, it's not always the easiest path, like to always show up and to be consistent, to be congruent. This does take a lifetime of insight, awareness, practice, mindfulness, mindset shifts, right? All of this requires the stages of growth, of personal growth, of business growth. And guess what? There's just no shortcut to really reap the benefits of what it means to go through these stages because you come out stronger. You come out more trusting of yourself. You come out much wiser. So I think that that's my takeaway from this conversation. When we started, I was kind of like, where do I want to go and what I want to say about this? But now, you know, just want to summarize that I am grateful for the ups and the downs in the rejections that I have faced, the yes. missteps, oh as much as the successes and the celebrations and all the accomplishments, because I'm just so much more of a like developed entrepreneur because I haven't tried to skip any of the hard stuff. Yes. And in that makes it so much more enjoyable, you know, as you go along, because you really reap the good stuff when it comes. It's really, really special and amazing in those moments. And you appreciate it even more. Yes. Yes. And so you can't, in my opinion or in Laura's opinion, skim the hardship of business and still have sustainable success. If you haven't gotten that yet from this episode, that's what we're (laughs) saying. Like you really have to go through it and you can, like you can go through an accelerated path or supportive path. Like, you know, all of my clients experience sort of the hardship in an accelerated fashion because I'm guiding them, I'm directing them, I'm holding them. But it's still hardship. Like it still is not easy to be rejected. It still it is not easy when nothing works. It still is not easy when we hit our own mindset stuff. It's not easy when we feel like we're a failure and and nobody will value us. All of that stuff is hard to go through, no matter who is supporting you, no matter what program you're in, no matter who you have as a mentorship. You can't get around it. You have to go through it. So you can go through it alone and that's fine. Or you can go through it with support and that's fine. And there's lots of support. There's people like me who, you know, sort of work on the business side of it and the mindset side of it. There's people who like Laura who work on the trauma part of it and all the real deeply emotional stuff that comes up during the process. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, there's so much support, but you can't walk around it. Business does have rites of passage and you can either do it in the front end, right up front and move through it in the right way and stop shortcutting. Or you can do it in the, in the end, or you can just never go through it because a lot of people don't succeed in business. I mean, people by the droves are coming into business women and people by the droves are coming out of business back into corporate. I'm watching it. Like I've been watching it for a long time. And when you sort of have that vantage point of having seen business and the way it operates from such a long view, you, you recognize like, yeah, there's people flooding to start their own business and flooding out of corporate. And then they're not able to be sustainable. They're not able to make an income. Their partners force them back into corporate. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. And everyone needs to, the rites of passage helps you 
understand if it's a place that is calling you to stay there and if it's not the right fit for you because it could be that you're better on a team with a structure in place like a corporate culture. There's lots of wonderful things about being a part of a team in which all these people are being paid and guess what? You're not responsible for paying them. You get to show up and get your pay. Yes. work with them. So there's lots of pluses um, and lots of creative work that can be done in other settings. And the rites of passage will help you know, am I called to be an entrepreneur? Yes. Um, sometimes I wish that it wasn't my calling, but hey, it is. <laughs> it's what I do. And I really do love it. I just want a shortcut. Everyone's mom, I'm tired. <laughs> yes. And Where's the paycheck? Where's yeah, the paycheck? Totally. And I think, you know, that is such a good point because like you're not a failure because you didn't make a business work. Like not everybody is meant to have a business. And this is one of the things I see really like we've sort of gone all or nothing, right? There's this, this balance we're missing. Like sometimes the people would do better working in a team specialized in their one thing. This is one of the things I kind of um, have been so frustrated seeing. All these people are coming out of corporate trying to be consultants and coaches, you know, so that's my realm. And, you know, out there in that area, it's like, no one is specialized anymore. So we've got all these people trying to do the same thing. And it's just this big mess of people. There's way, way, way more supply than there is demand. I promise you. And, you know, it's like it, it there, we've lost the specialty where I think, gosh, what would it be like if everyone is doing their one thing, their specialty, their amazing, amazing genius and their lane? And if all of those people were working together as a team, because then all of them could succeed, all of them could serve, all like it just, there's, there's so much room for that. And I think there are people who are meant to be entrepreneurs that are, that really want to create that vision and that place and that big, you know, impact. And in that, those people can be leaders and bring in all the other women to work for them so that they yes. can have a much better life. So they can have more balance. I mean, that's what I want to create for the women that eventually work for me. I want to make sure they have a balanced life. I want to make sure they have success. I want to make sure they're making impact. But they don't have to have their own business to do that. They can come in and work in a beautiful environment with me. And I can lead because that's who I am. And there's no other life that I can have. So I think not yeah. everybody, it's just really about finding what what place. And I think we've put too much on women to say that, well, you need to be in business to succeed I know that women are looking for balance and they're looking for, you know, a better situation. And granted, there is a lot of crap in the corporate world. So, you know, I'm all for that. But I think not always is it I have to run my own business in order to create what I want. Yes, yes. And it's something to remember that to be an entrepreneur, the Latin, you know, root of the word actually translates into bear the burden. And so it's important to remember that when you take on the responsibility of being an entrepreneur, you're taking on a certain burden, a certain responsibility that you decide you're okay to take because you're providing a solution or a service. So there's freedom, but with a lot of freedom and independence become, comes responsibility. And I think that we, uh, speaking about rose-colored, we just sometimes want to look at the freedom and the fun of being an entrepreneur and being independent, but it's a big thing you're committing to. It's like deciding when you have, uh, you know, when you become a parent, you're like, that's a big responsibility. There's a lot of things that I get back from that, but it's a huge responsibility that I take on. And so is being an entrepreneur. 
and yes. not it's not for everybody to to bear that burden and that's okay because there's some other purpose and service that you're here to provide and it might be to help that other entrepreneur bring their dream into the into the reality that we're living in so yeah for sure and that's the thing as well like to be honest the hardship doesn't ever end so you know and like you know, I'm probably, my business is probably a little bit ahead of a lot of people who are listening. And so like, I'm in that sort of next phase and I'm telling you the hardship doesn't end in the next phase. And then I have mentors who are in that like really, really high phase. And guess what? Hardship doesn't, doesn't stop there either. And I think, you know, <laughs> this is where, I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about last, last week, which is like, things just keep coming at you. I mean, like this, Business will never stop being a hardship. It will never stop being a challenge. You don't get to sit on the beach collecting passive income. That does not exist. That is gone. That reality maybe was there for a minimal amount of people years ago. It does not exist anymore. So, you know, you are going to encounter hardship every step of the way. And that's just the way it is. Yep. And that's why you have support like Sonia and I and other people in your life. And we will be here next week every Every week we come to you <laughs> to give you this lovely um, support and advice. Yes. So we're grateful that you're there, grateful that you're listening. And thank you, Sonia, for bringing up this topic because it's one that I haven't really thought about in a while is, is how important it is that we speak about not skipping the hardship and the hard stuff um, and being able to, to yeah, be there for one another when it is hard. Yes. And what's the cool part is we're testament that you can survive it. And you can love it. You can succeed with it. Some days you'll hate it. But, you know, more often than not, we do this because it's worth it. Because it's so worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.